You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, good morning to you all, and it's my pleasure to bring some uh, thoughts today from the Word of God. And um, if you're new with us again today, just want to say uh, you are so welcome here with us, and we hope you feel at home with us as well. And we'd love it if you could connect with us, as was already, as was already said, um, at the back of the room so that we can meet you and greet you. But we hope you enjoy being with us today. And if you've been with us recently, hopefully you will remember that we have been in a series covering the life of David from the Old Testament, a series called A Heart After God. Put your hand up if you've enjoyed this series so far. It's been a really, really good series. And um, the New Testament tells us in Acts 13, 22, that in David, God found a man after his own heart a man after his own heart. And over the last four weeks, we've been tracking through the life of David and we've looked at how in general, David had a heart after God, which Tracy kicked off with us um, a a few weeks back. And then in, in, in week two, we looked at how David faced Goliath. You might remember my brilliant acting skills as Goliath. Yes, because I have the physique, as you can see. And it was great to just hear about how we were encouraged to face our own giants. And then week three, Mark Beswick brought a great word around worth the wait, looking at the fact that God may anoint us, but he prepares us in what we're about to step into as well. There's a preparation period. And then last week, Pastor Esther brought a great word again in relation to the idea of present central, that David was a man who went after the presence of God, but brought some great insights into that as well. And today, it is my pleasure to bring the next installment of this series. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me to 1 Samuel 30. To 1 Samuel 30 in the Old Testament. And I'm going to read those first few verses in that passage for us. And it reads, David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziglag. They had attacked Ziglag and burned it. And had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David, can we all just say, but David. But David David found strength in the Lord, his God. And then David said to to Abiatar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring the ephod. Abiatar brought it to him and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And just to give you uh, how the end of the story works, so just to cut a long story short, David and his men, they, they catch up with these Amalekites, they come, they come and find them, and then they take back everything that was taken from them. So just as the Lord told them they were to overtake them, they overtook them. So that's kind of how the story ended. And so if you want a title for my message today, the title is simply, simply this, Strengthen Yourself, in the Lord. Strengthen yourself 
in the Lord. Now, before I go any further, I just wanna say over the last few weeks, we've been tracking chronologically in David's life, but what we're doing this week is we're going back a little bit to the point where he was just before he, was, he became king because we feel that in this passage, there is some great wisdom and lessons to be learned from the life of David here. So that's why we're backtracking a little bit. And we join David in an interesting situation in this passage. Now, ho- hopefully you notice, David is in a bit of a crisis. Would you agree? Yeah. A bit of a difficult situation has come upon him. But hopefully you also notice this, that in that story, in what was going on, there was a turning point which changed everything. David was in distress, his men were in distress, his men wanted to stone him. But the turning point is the story when we hear that David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That he found strength in the Lord. You know, just to think about the idea of finding strength. There are different things that we would say strengthen us, yeah? Different things that we would say we draw strength from. I'm sure there would be different answers around the room today. And um, I did some intensive research this week, so I Googled it. (laughs) And I looked at some different responses where people were saying, what is it that gives them strength? And these were like the top ones that came up. So a lot of people said, their spouse gives them strength. Oh, yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Their spouse gives them strength. Interestingly, which I thought was really good to see, it was mainly men saying their wives give them strength. Big up to our women in the, in the crowd today. Come on, we need you guys. Come on. <laughs> there wasn't many women saying the men were giving them strength, but I, I don't know what was going on there. Maybe it was a bad Google search. <laughs> or maybe it was just true. <laughs> There's a lot of amens on this front row here. <laughs> Some people said their parents give them strength or someone who's like a parental figure, I like that, I think that's good. Some people said that their friendships give them strength. Some also said that going on holiday strengthens them. I suppose it depends who you're going on holiday with though, doesn't it? So that makes all the difference. (laughs) And some said keeping fit, like going to the gym, and I think that's a good one as well. When I was at university 20 years ago now, now, wow, I know, I know. I know I don't look my age. 20 years ago now, me and my university friends, we got in this habit of revising for our exams right up last minute to the exam, okay? So we got into this really interesting habit of doing that. And instead of planning ahead, we were cramming right before. Put your hand up if you were a crammer. Okay, most of the room. Wow, we all need to do better, don't we? I was a crammer. And we were cramming our revision and there wasn't enough hours in the day And we were tired, we were worn out, we were distressed, but we found this amazing friend. We found something that could lift us and keep us going to revise through the nights in our time of need. We found something that was the source of our strength, and it was this. (laughs) See, this particular brand of energy drink claims to give you wings. It also says, if you can see it on the can, it can vitalize or revitalize the body and the mind. So we did a lot of drinking of that product. There are other products out there, just so you know. Don't have to just uh, get this one. To keep us going, to keep strengthening us so that we could keep revising for the exams. I won't tell you how well I did. I'll just say that we did turn to this. It wasn't always the best response. But 
The point is this, we can look to different things, can't we? To get strength, different things that the world offers, and some of these things can be good. We look to different things. Quite often, as we've just mentioned, it's those closest relationships that strengthen us. It's that connection to people that can strengthen us. You know, sometimes, though, we can find that we are the people that people go to for strength. You know, maybe you're a, a mother or a father or a br- an older brother or sister or, or whatever, a, you know, a good friend to someone. We can be the people that people go to for strength and encouragement. And we may act as that source of support or strength. But I also want us to acknowledge this. No matter what role we feel we play in life, we all need someone to draw strength from. We all need someone to lean into, especially when there's a crisis, especially when things kick off. Anyone with me on that one? You see, David was a warrior and he was a leader. But what encourages me about David is that even though he's both of those things, his strength was in the Lord. It was the Lord that was his strength. He, he didn't do it in his own strength. He needed the strength that came from God. That was what he leaned into. And that's what that verse tells us today that we looked at. Verse 1 Samuel, 1, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Ultimately, he relied upon the Lord. And I think the reason why David could find strength in the Lord is because he had intimacy with God. He had intimacy with the Lord. You know, if, if I look at David's life, and I think Pastor Esther said this last week, David's ahead of his time. He simply was. You know, I, he, I, got, I was trying to think, how do I explain it? I, I don't know how to explain it. He just got it quick. He understood that relationship with God that he had was really valuable, was really important. You know, he was living a New Testament reality in an Old Testament era. He went straight in. He knew he could come straight into the presence of God and experience relationship and intimacy with God. And that's why he's such a great forerunner for us in terms of knowing who Jesus is for us today. Where Jesus comes and shows us the example of how he was with his father. I think David is such a great example of showing us that that when we come to God, we can find strength in God. You see, David just seemed to get it. And this is why I think we can say that he had a heart after God because he knew that he could lean into God and find strength in him, but that intimacy was really important. He could find strength because he could draw upon that relationship. You know, many of the Psalms of David also express this. Let me just share one with you here. Psalm 18, verses one to two. This is what David said. He said, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 27, verse 1. It won't come up on the screen, but I'll read it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? You know what I love about that is the way that David refers to God being his strength, but he clearly knows God. He's intimate. He says, I love you, Lord, my strength. He calls God my God. You know, I want us to note the covenantal language here. David knows God. He knows that God is his God and that he is one of his people. So therefore, he knows he can come to him and he can know that he can rely upon him as the source of his strength. But it speaks of a closeness, a closeness that, that David has with his God. And I think David understood that this was really important because he knew that he would potentially need to draw upon the strength of God when he needed it. He knew that in times of need, that relationship was important for him for whenever it kicked off because he could lean into God. You know, by God's help, we're told that David killed a lion and a bear when he was younger. 
By God's help, as we heard a few weeks ago, he killed Goliath. He didn't do it in his own strength, but it was with God because God is his strength. He knows his God and God is with him. And you know, even in in the New Testament as well, I, I believe the Apostle Paul also understood something about this. He also knew that God was his strength. Philippians 4, verse 13, probably a verse you all know. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Now, what I love about that verse is that Paul is saying, I can do all that God has prepared for me because God will give me the strength to do it. Even if a situation comes my way, I know I can do it because I can find strength in God. You know, take on board as well. Paul writes this when he's under a house arrest. He's in prison. So he can say those words, but I can find strength in God who strengthens me to do all that I need to do in him. And in the new covenant that we have with Jesus, you know, through the cross, it's important for us to understand here that we all now have access to this intimacy with Jesus. Through the cross, Jesus has made a way so that we can all come to him and be close to God and we can receive strength in the time of need. That isn't restricted to anyone now. It is open to all that would call upon the name of Jesus. Through his covenant, we can come right in. Isn't that good news, church? That we may come straight in and find love and find his grace and strength at time of need because he's called us to live a life for him. But he will strengthen us in that call to do what he wants us to do. And I think it's important we get this. Sometimes I feel like we need a greater, stronger revelation of what it means to be in Christ of what it actually means to be in Jesus. I think we sometimes get it, but I think sometimes, you know, we think that Christianity is something that we take up. That I take up Christianity is something that I do. You know, I, I take it up when I want to. I pick it up like a can of Red Bull when I need my fix, but I don't think it works that way. I don't think we take up Jesus. Jesus takes us up into his life. He takes us up, and listen, this picture is better. Just work with me here. Imagine this is me and I'm God, but just, just forget about that bit a little bit, but just understand what I'm trying to do. He picks us up. This looks a lot better for me than me picking up God who looks like this. So therefore, I know I have the backing and the strength of God behind me. But what's important is I need to keep close to this. You hearing me today? I need to keep close to the source. I need to keep close to the source of, of the strength that I have access to. You know, if we had a greater revelation of this, I think our lives would be so different sometimes because we would know that we have access to this source, access to who God is. You know, Christ is our sure foundation. That's what we've just been singing. He's the someone we pick up. He's our foundation. He's the one on which we stand upon today. He's the one that we can lean into. He's our constant source. And as we think about a season of maturity and multiplication, I believe maturity is having an awareness that in Christ, we are in a strong position. We are at an advantage. We are in a strong position. And therefore, I can encourage myself and I can strengthen myself in the Lord when I need it. I can do that. I have the ability to do that because God has made the situation available for me to do that in the covenant that I am in with Jesus and that we are in with Jesus. So three things that I just want to quickly share with you now that will hopefully help us with this idea of what it means or how can we keep finding strength in God or what what does it kind of look like? And I want to just share three quick thoughts with you. And the first thing I want to say is this, finding strength in the Lord doesn't depend upon us living a perfect life. Finding strength in the Lord doesn't depend upon us living a perfect life. You know, the passage that we just read in 1 Samuel 30, it's an interesting situation. But prior to that, I would argue, 
I would argue that David has lost his way a little bit. I would argue that he's lost his way a little bit. Let me, let me tell you why I think this. Firstly, what we need to do is just backtrack a little bit quickly to 1 Samuel 27. Now, 1 Samuel 26, what we find is that David is in a situation where he's been escaping the clutches of King Saul. He's not king yet. Saul is still king. He's been escaping him. And uh, Saul has tried to kill him, but he's failed. But David has a situation in a cave, and I think Mark Beswick spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, where he had the chance to kill Saul, but he doesn't, because he recognizes that this is God's anointed king. So he doesn't, and what happens is, is that he escapes Saul, and God has basically been preserving him. He's been looking out for him. God has been faithful in looking out for David. It's probably not been easy for him, but he's been looking out for him. But then in 1 Samuel 27, uh, verse 1, this is what it says. It says, but David thought to himself, one of these days... I will be destroyed by the hand of Saul. The best thing I can do is escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will give up searching for me anywhere in Israel and I will slip out of his hand. So, wow, what an interesting thing that is. One minute David is living by faith and yes, absolutely, God is delivering it. And I'm not saying that that has been an easy season, but then he gets this thought. You know, one day, Saul's gonna kill me. He knows he's the, the, the king who's been, who's been anointed to be the king after Saul. He knows this because he was anointed. But he gets this thought, you know, one day he's going to kill me. Do you know what I need to do? I need to go and take, hide, take a hiding place in the Philistine territory, the enemy of Israel. Mm, good strategy maybe, I don't know. I need to go and find, find safety in, with the Philistines who are the enemy of Israel. And I just find it an interesting situation. You know, maybe... The faith journey has just been a bit too much for him recently. And he's just thought, you know what, I need to just run away from this so that I can go somewhere where Saul won't even find me. And so he goes with his men. He's got a little group of, uh, he's got an army with him, of other Hebrews with him. He goes with his men to the Philistine territory and he meets this leader in the Philistine, in the Philistine territory called Akish. And so Akish welcomes him in. It looks like, you know, they, they get on. He, he finds favor with them and Akish says, you can go and live in Ziglag. You and your men, I'm going to give you the town of Ziglag. You can stay there. That's your place. So they go there. And in that season, it's an interesting season for David. He then seems to go on a number of campaigns. And a lot of, all I'll say is a lot of blood is shed. But it's as if he's working or serving Akish in that season. He's like, he's, he's, it's like he's serving him and doing these raids. And whether he should be there is a question. Should he actually be there? I don't know. I'm not sure. So as the story continues, if you're still not convinced that he's maybe lost his way a little bit, well, let me just say, this is what it says in 1 Samuel 28, verses 1 to 2. In those days, the Philistines gathered their forces to fight against Israel, yeah? So just to say before I read on, because they're the enemy of Israel, Akish said to David, you must understand that you and your men will accompany me in the army. David said, then you will see for yourself what your servant can do. I don't know, the Bible doesn't say that David has lost his way, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know if this was part of the plan, but this is David and his men going to the Philistines, gaining favor, and now they're ready to fight Israel, the nation that David has been anointed to lead in the future. Something's gone wrong here, in my opinion. Does anyone agree with me? I think something's not quite right here. David is now ready to fight against the Philistines. Charles Spurgeon said this in his commentary on this passage. He said he believes that this is the lowest point in David's life up to that point. He believes that's the lowest that David ever got to was that point in his life. 
You know, because what he's doing is effective. It's like treason. He's going against his own nation that he's gonna be king over. He's gone over to the enemy. You know, if you want a modern day example, I'll use a silly example. Um, I, I like football and I'm a Manchester United fan, which isn't a good thing these days. Let's be real. And um, my favorite player is probably Marcus Rashford. Anyone here like Marcus Rashford? Yeah, he's a great football player. I love him. He's, he's a red through and through. Someone's got their hand up there for a long time. They really like Marcus Rashford. Well, and he's a red through and through. And he's, he, he's loyal to Manchester United. He, he's a boyhood uh, fan of the club. But this situation with David would be like Marcus Rashford doing probably, you know how they do it. They, get, they do an Instagram story these days, don't they? And they go, hey, Manchester United fans, I want to say it's been so great to serve this great club. It's been amazing to serve you, but I have had to make a decision for myself. I'm now going to go sign for Manchester City. It just doesn't happen, you know? It's like, if that happened, that would be uproar. Like, you know, how can you go to our fiercest rivals? How can you, how can you think that doing that is okay? Maybe he had this thought, I don't know, maybe he's just been wearisome because United have been playing so poorly recently. Probably he's actually justified in that way, maybe. But the point is this, is that it's just something you wouldn't do. It's something that wouldn't be, wouldn't be, wouldn't be, um, wouldn't be seen as, as, as a good step. And I think David has lost his way a little. He's lost his way a little. But interestingly, just to square off the story in a good way, I think through the provision of God, he doesn't actually fight against uh, Israel. Like what happens is the other Philistine leaders who are similar to Akish, they see these Hebrew guys and David getting ready in the battle and they go, he can't come with us. These guys can't come with us. Why? Because they're Hebrews. <laughs> We're the Philistines. They're our, they're our rival. Basically, I'm cutting a long story short. This is David who has slain his tens of thousands. We are not going to go to war with him. Send him back. So even that, and even David pleads his case. It's interesting. But then he sends him back, and then what happens is we get to the point that I was at the beginning, beginning of the message where he goes back to Ziglag, and they get to Ziglag, and it's all burnt down, and they start to weep, and then they turn on David, and then David strengthens himself in the Lord. What's my point? <laughs> my point is this. We may find ourselves in difficult spiritual seasons in our life, but it doesn't disqualify you from finding strength in the Lord. You may find it difficult. You may find life really tough in, in living a journey of faith. It can be wearisome. I, I get that it can be. But you are not disqualified from finding strength in the Lord your God. You can do it. Anyone with me on that today? You can find strength in the time of need. You know, maybe we have some low points in our faith. Maybe we are compromising in our walk with God. Maybe you know that. Maybe you know deep down in your heart, I'm not in a good place with God. I'm not following God in the way that I should. But I want to remind you today that God will receive you. God wants to restore. You know, this is a great picture for me. David was not perfect. He did some things he shouldn't have been doing, but God was still willing to meet him in his time of need. God was still willing to be there. You know, sometimes I think we can think, you know what, I've gone too far away from God. I, there's no coming back from this. I've done so many bad things. I've not been living a holy life. I've not been doing the right things. I've been, I've been doing things that I know God would not approve of or the Bible says that I shouldn't do, but I wanna encourage you that God invites you to come close to him. That you can find strength in that time of need. You know, that is such an important thing I want us to, to take away from today. But that's exactly why you can come to him. He wants you to come to him, like the prodigal son who went away and did his own thing but came back. The father was there waiting for him, arms open, because he wanted to receive his son back. 
See, the amazing thing about God, and it's also hard to get our heads around, is that God has grace for us. God has amazing grace for us. He is with us. You know, God's covenantal love, the, the word for God's covenantal love in the Old Testament is this word, hased, and it's H-E-S-E-D, and it means that God has an unfailing love towards his people, that his love never fails, amen? That even when we fail, his love doesn't fail. And we can receive it in time of need. We can be refreshed in his love. It is consistent and it covers up over, it covers over our sin. We can appeal to that love and that unfailingness because it covers our sin. And I think David understood this and knew this. He was a man who understood God's unfailing love. Now it's important to note this. This does not give us an excuse to do what we want to do. Because it's so easy to abuse grace and go, actually, do you know what? I, 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 I receive grace, so well, shouldn't, I'll just keep you know, doing what I want and keep receiving grace to strengthen. No, no, I don't, think that's, I don't think that's how it works. What I said at the beginning of this message is that when we strengthen ourselves in the Lord, that's meant to be the turning point. And I think when we come and we receive grace, when we receive strength from God through his grace, that's the reason for us to change our lives. To say, God, actually from this, I wanna live for you now. I don't wanna listen to what you wanna say. I wanna, I wanna live in the way that you want me to live. You know, I, I don't have time to speak into it fully, but I just want to say to you people, you lovely people today, I only stand here today because of the grace of God. Everyone here, everyone in this front row will say the same thing. Everyone in the back, I'm sure you'd say the same thing. We're only here today because of the grace of God, because he met us in our time of need and he didn't reject us. Even when others reject us or others don't like what we do, God receives us. And I'm only here today because of God's amazing grace and his unfailing love. Secondly, finding strength in the Lord requires us to find the voice of the one who is for us. It requires us to find the voice of the one who is for us. You know, one of the things that David does while in this situation is that he makes the right choice. He chooses to lean in to the Lord. I find that really significant. Now, it might have been quite late he did that, as we've heard in the story that he's just been on. But I'm so glad that he chose the right thing. It encourages me that he chose to lean in to the Lord. I want us to read 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 again, but I want us to take note of something. It says this, it says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. And just a little thing I want to just focus on is this, is that you know, David could have easily focused on all of those negative voices around him. He could have said, you know, they were there, they were weeping, and the next thing they're going, you know what? He did this. He's the one that's, you know, it's this running around, he's taking us on, going into Philistine territory, and then we're here, then we're there. He's the one that is the cause of all this. And, you know, David could have been, you know, sometimes we can do it, can't we? We can go, oh, no, but it's not my fault. Come on. You know, come on, let's, let's, let's have a cup of tea and talk this over, please. Come on. Sorry, the cup of tea's not there because they took that as well. But, you know, <laughs> oh, come on, please, please, please hear me out here. It's not my fault. Do you know what I love about David is that he leaned into the Lord. He did it. He leaned into God. He could have been distracted by their talk, but he found the voice of the Lord in the situation. You know, when you're in crisis, the question is, who do you call? Who do you call? Some of you are probably looking at the person next to you and go, it's normally you. 
Who do you call? Now, I'm not saying it's bad, and in fact, I think it's really important that as Christians, we have a good support network around us. We need Christ-centered community. Don't hear what I'm not saying. We need a a support network of followers of Christ to encourage us in our faith, absolutely. But in times of crisis, the question is, who do you call first? Who do you call first? You know, what I love in this passage is it says this. It says in uh, 1 Samuel 30, verse 7, it says, David inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. As part of that process of finding strength, I think it's interlinked with that. He found strength in the Lord, but then he inquired of the Lord. He got the priest and got the ephod, and then God spoke to him, and he received a word as to what was needed and what he needed to do. You see, strengthening ourselves in the Lord, I believe it requires us to dig deep and find the voice of God and find the word of the Lord for our situation, to find what is needed. You've got to dig deep sometimes. Now, why do we call upon the name of the Lord? Why do we do it? Because he knows what to do. He knows what to do. You know, hear me right here. You know, people will come to me, and and I I have the privilege of being in pastoral ministry. And when people ask for my advice, I'll give them the best that I can give. I try my best, and 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 I ask God to help me in that. But sometimes people will come to me with stuff, and it's really hard. And they'll say to me, what do you think I need to do? I go, I, I don't know. I say, but God knows. Let's pray together. <laughs> Let's inquire of the Lord together because God knows. Honestly, sometimes it's just, we've got to learn to just inquire of God ourselves and go to God ourselves and go, God, I need you. What would you say about my situation? What is it that I, do I need to do? You see, turning to prayer and God's word is so important. Having the word of God nearby, having a, a, a space where you can pray, where Esther shared yesterday, uh, last week that we need to find a space, find a room, make room for God. We need to make room for his voice that he can speak. You know, God's word has the ability to change your situation around, but you've got to prioritize it. You've got to go after it. You've got to say, I want your word. I need your word, Lord. You know, what I find most times when I'm distressed, when I'm in difficult situations, What turns against me isn't necessarily people, it's my own thoughts. It's it's what's going on up here because when I'm distressed, my my mind goes to many different scenarios of what could happen. You know, sometimes my thoughts are not my friends. Even a few months ago, you know, I I don't know what it was. I, I had a situation where I woke up and I just felt really anxious and worried. And I was just, I think I was just reflecting on a lot of the things I've been through. Like, I've been through some different things in my life which have been quite tough. And I just woke up and I remember thinking, these things are going to come back. I'm never going to get free from these things. I just had a moment. I just had a situation in my own head where I was like, I can't get out of this. Uh, I was worried. I was, I was fearful. I didn't know where I was. I couldn't, I couldn't make sense of anything. My thoughts just turned against me, you know. But what did I have to do in that moment? I had to turn to the Lord. I had to go to God, I had to turn to the Lord, so I had to encourage myself in the Lord. I had to encourage myself, I had to find the voice of the Lord. Just like David encouraged himself in the Lord, I had to do something. I had to choose to inquire of him. I had to do it. I had to take access of all that God has. So I declared God's word over my situation. I said, God, I bring this to you. I said, Lord, I'm worried. I'm worried, I'm worried. But Lord, you say, do not worry. Lord, I'm I'm anxious, I'm anxious right now, but you say, do not be anxious for anything, yeah? Lord, I feel overwhelmed, but you say in you, Lord, I am more than a conquering Christ who loved me. So I have to declare these things and I have to stand on these promises of God because God has a word that I need and he knows what I need to do and he knows what I need to remember. Anyone with me? You need to lean in to the voice of God. 
You know, it, amazingly, even in today's service, I, I, literally, I literally went out just um, as we were, uh, after the worship, and um, Tracy brought a word around Psalm 91. And I was just walking through the corridor, and one person said to me, Jonathan, can I, can I grab you? And they literally just started breaking down in tears. They said, I can share this story. They've given me permission. And uh, they says, that's Psalm 91 verse. I so needed it. And I could tell it had lifted them. But they couldn't believe that God had spoken to them. You know, the word of the Lord is flawless. The word of the Lord is flawless. Even in that moment, we need to seek after and prioritize the word of God, regardless of what is going on around you. And so we have to minister to ourselves sometimes. You know, it sounds weird to say that, but we do. You know, I know we want people to help us and it's good. We do need help from people, people to minister to us. Absolutely, we need people to minister to us. But sometimes what we need is a bit of self-deliverance. Yeah? to encourage ourselves. You have it. You have everything you need. You've got the word of God. You've got prayer. You've got two mighty weapons in your hand that you can use to encourage yourself in the Lord. But you need to do it yourself and learn to do it. As I said, it doesn't mean you isolate yourself from others, but part of the journey is understanding that I have to choose what I'm going to do. You have the authority to do that. And thirdly, I'm going to invite the band up now, if that's okay. Finding strength in the Lord can be the place of preparation. <laughs> you know, what's interesting in the story is that when David finds strength in the Lord, God then leads, well, he leads him and his men to victory and they restore what's been taken from them at Ziglag. They go and they win. And then what we see then eventually, we see David's destiny starts to come to fruition. Through a series of events, you know, Saul's reign ends, he falls on his sword. And then David, the, 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 the wheels are in motion for David to become king in 2 Samuel. That's where we get to. That's what happens when, you, when that happens in that story. That's, what, that's how it shapes out. And literally, we see that David is on the journey of being king of Israel, who not too long ago, he was ready to fight against. Now, he's ready, being prepared to be king of Israel. And I can't help but think that all that he has gone through in that moment where he strengthened himself in the Lord was just part of that preparation to strengthen him. You know, sometimes I think, we, sometimes we, we think like we want everything now quickly. Remember Mark brought that a few weeks ago that we want everything now and quick, but sometimes God is asking us to, to just prepare our hearts for what he wants to do. To learn to strengthen yourself in God. To learn to do it yourself because he hasn't given up on you, but he wants you to learn something in this season. Maybe right now you're in a low point in your season in life. Maybe you feel weak, maybe you feel not strong at all in God, but maybe this is a season where God is going to put some things in you, so that you can learn to strengthen yourself in Him, and take authority over your situation, because there is more still to come, there is more ahead that He wants you to walk into, maybe that's what God is doing in this season for some of us today, that we will learn to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, because it's part of the preparation, and someone said to me this morning, God never takes us out of something just to take us out of something, He normally takes us out of something to bring us into something. And maybe strengthening yourself in the Lord is about you realizing I'm going to be brought out of this more strengthened, more stronger to then walk into what he has for me. Amen. To all that he has for me. And I just want to share two very quick things now. Just two things that have really helped me in how I strengthen myself in God. Just to take away. We're going to, we're going to come to the tables in a moment. But just two things I want to quickly share. You know, for me, the first thing is prayer. I talked about it earlier, but I, I will never stop going on about prayer to people. I will always talk about prayer. If I have, even if the message was on something not to do with prayer, I'll find a way to put prayer in. Prayer is so important in my life. You know, that's where I build that intimacy with God. 
that I can come to him and spill out what's on my heart, lament, but also find strength through his word. I, what I'd like to do a lot is I, I pray in the spirit. Like the Bible says pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of, of, of prayers and requests. I pray in the spirit because it, we're told that if we pray in the spirit, it edifies us. It builds us up. So I pray in the spirit regularly. If you don't know how to pray in the spirit, no problem. Let's come to the prayer ministry team at the end. Let them, let them pray for you to be filled with the spirit. Let's believe that you can be filled. But even if you don't pray in the spirit, I pray prayers that are in the Bible because they are spirit-filled prayers. I pray through Psalm 23 when I need it. I pray through, even before this preach today, I was upstairs and I was praying the Lord's prayer. Spirit-filled prayers to encourage my heart. Secondly, I praise I pray, but I praise God. You know, I praise God because I need to be reminded regularly of his goodness. You know, isn't it amazing that when you're in a crisis, you forget God's goodness. And sometimes you just put on a garment of praise and say, Lord, this is horrible. This is, this is tough. But God, I give you praise because I remember how gracious you've been to me. I remember your said love. I remember, Lord, your unfailing love in your covenant, Jesus. And therefore, I find when I do that, I'm lifted. Do you want to know why? Because those things are true. My situation is true, but that is also true. It's true that God has been good to me and therefore I remember what he has done. Like when Mark gave that example a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, we row with our back to the future in view of what God has done. And praise is about viewing what God has already done and standing on that in your situation. And so as we look to respond today, can we all stand? As a response there, we're going to come to the tables. There's two at the front, two at the back. And um, I don't know what your situation is today. Maybe you're in a crisis like David. Maybe everything's going really well, and that's okay as well. But as part of us understanding the importance of praise, you know, when we come to the table, we remember. We remember the goodness of God. We remember the greatness of God, of what God has done through, for us and through us, through Jesus, through dying on the cross for us to take away our sin. And maybe today you find yourself quite depleted, quite low. Maybe you feel that you've gone far away from God while the table is accessible today and open to you all because you can find grace at the table because the blood of Jesus has covered over our sin. And maybe as a response today, you might need to come and just say, God, I receive your grace afresh today. I remember what you have done for me and I remember, Lord, I can find strength in you today, find strength in your death that you have died for me so that I can be set free. You might want to come to the table today. Maybe you're feeling weakened by the burdens. Maybe the voices around you, I don't know. Maybe come to the table today and say, God, I come, Lord, and I, and I release those burdens. I leave them at the cross. I give them to you, Lord, and I pray, Lord, Lord, that I can come to you, Lord, because I'm heavy laden and burdened, but you will give me rest today. And I don't know how you need to respond, but what I'm going to say is if you, if you know you need to, all of us are going to respond by coming to the tables. But even in this moment right now, if you know you need to respond, that you say, Lord, I need your strength today because I'm going through some stuff. I want you to raise your hand right now. If you know that the Lord has spoken to you today and that you know I need to receive strength and encouragement in my heart. Great. Keep, yeah, keep lifting up your hand so I can see. If you need to respond just to this and then we'll open up the tables. And as a response, we can come to the table, two at the front, two at the back. Lord God, I want to thank you, God, that in you, Lord, we can find strength in our time of need. We can find strength in our, in our time, Lord, of crisis, Lord, because, Lord, you are a faithful God. Thank you, Lord, that you have opened up the way, Lord, through your covenant, through your blood, through your death, that we may come, Lord, close to you, that we may come into your presence, Lord, and receive grace in the time of need. 
And Lord, where there are many of us here today who need to receive afresh, be, be strengthened in your presence, be strengthened through what you've done for us, be strengthened in thankfulness and joy and rejoicing. Lord, I pray, would we receive today? Would we receive grace in our time of need? Lord, even if we fail today, would we know that your love is unfailing? That as we come to the table, Lord, that you will revive and bring times of refreshing to us. And Lord, where we are heavy laden and burdened, Lord, we come today and we lay down those burdens and we receive the strength and the grace that comes only through you because of what you have done, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your life. Thank you, Lord, that you bring us up into your life and you are the strength of our life. We can say truly today, I love you, Lord, my strength. In Jesus' name, amen.